Hello and welcome to this week's episode of This is the Future. My name is Dayo Moyo. I trust you had a super splendid and productive week. About two years ago, I came across a film titled The Imitation Game. It was based on a true life story of Alan Turing. Alan Turing was a mathematician who worked with a team to break the German enigma. Now, during World War II, the Enigma was an encryption machine used by the Germans. It was used to send messages securely. To break this machine, Alan and his teammates had to build another machine that mimicked the Enigma. It was christened the Bombay. Newborn children have been known to be perfect imitators. As a toddler, Junior wants to be like Dad. He puts on his dad oversized shoes and cries for a fake mustache. Simbi mimics mom. She plays mom with her dolls and wears her mother with begging just so she could be in the kitchen. In fact, scientifically, it has been proven that children first learn vocabulary by imitation. That is why sometimes you hear a child say a word, a very big word, and you can bet there's no how he or she could have known the meaning of the word. He had picked it up from somewhere. Generally speaking, parents are the first models of their kids or for their kids. Strong and handsome, mom is industrious and smart. When I grow up, I would like to work in the hospital just like mom. Then they go to school and they discover it seems dad is not as smart after all. They interact with their teachers for most of their working hours. And the teacher seems to have answers to every question. To understand what I really mean, try helping your daughter in kid- kindergarten with her homework tomorrow. And do one more thing. Try suggesting a different approach to answering the question and watch your daughter protest. I don't care if you're a PhD in, you have a PhD in theoretical math and analytical geometry. It is obvious that your teacher or your child believes a teacher than she believes you at least in some aspects. As a teacher who has been more involved with students in higher classes, I've seen this play out again and again and again. Before you can convince a student to try another method, you have to earn the right. But you see, the desire to imitate doesn't end in childhood. Even as adults, we are not immune to the syndrome, let alone teenagers. The other day I read The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, and there is this page that captures what the point I'm trying to make in today's episode. Permit me to quote it verbatim. In order to find out more about the reasons teenagers smoke, I gave several hundred people a questionnaire, asking them to describe their earliest experiences with cigarettes. One person remembers how she loved to open her grandmother's paws, where she would encounter the soft smell of sheep whistons and leather mixed with drugstore lipstick and cinnamon gum. Another said, my mother smoked, and even though I hated it, hated the smell, 
she had these long tapered fingers and full sort of crinkly lips always with lipstick on and when she smoked she looked so elegant and devil make care that there was no question that i would smoke someday listen to another my best friend susan was irish her parents were in contrast to mine youthful indulgent libra they had cocktails before dinner mr o'sullivan had a bird and what thought to next mrs o'sullivan tottered around in moose dressed slimly in black to match a jet black hair she wore heavy eye makeup and was a little too tan and always virtually always had a dangerously long cigarette dangling from her manicured hands our mothers grandparents parents friends friends parents affect imitators take a look at the message on the packet of a cigarette slowly read the inscription smokers are liable to die young and for a moment ponder on the power mothers can weed in affecting lives negatively and if in- individuals can do much damage think what a group would do peace society you can't even begin to imagine still in the tipping points malcolm wrote of how in the 1980s there were more suicides per capita in micronesia than anywhere else in the world and for the record this is a tiny island children took their lives if their parents as much as yell on them others took their lives because they saw their girlfriends with another boy it was crazy this were 8 10 11 years old for goodness sake so what happened well rubinstein wrote about the strange occurrence and i like to read it as it was written in malcolm's book between 1955 and 1965 there wasn't a single case of suicide on the entire island in may 1966 an 18 year old boy hanged himself in his jail cell after being arrested for stealing a bicycle but his case seemed to have little impact Then in November of 1966 came the death of Ar, the charismatic scion of one of the island's wealthiest families. Ar had been seen to women and had fathered a one-month-old child with each of them. Unable to make up his mind between them, he hanged himself in romantic despair. Three days after Ar's death, there was another suicide. a 22 year old male suffering from marital difficulty after our died many boys dreamed about him and said that he was calling them to kill themselves 25 more suicides followed over the next 12 years the power of our's personality and the circumstances of his death combined to make the force of his example endured years beyond his death But you see more than the sheer vo- um, force of our personality 
it becomes easier to tighten the noose if you know someone else who did it some months back. And this is why I'm afraid. This is why I'm afraid of the society of today. Teenagers don't just bond over painting their hair orange. They take cue from their favorite celebrity. Some days ago, one of my students, a boy in primary school, was telling me about Malians, the name given to followers of a popular Nigerian musician. This 10-year-old boy was telling me how Malians don't put on their belt. They don't bab or they, they bab a certain hairstyle. But he said one more thing, something more that caught my attention. He said, Malians, they don't graduate. And his brother corroborated. Today, the society is becoming an evil force. I see television hosts fall over themselves, putting on their grimmest face to announce the news of a teenager molesting a child. But you see, these same television stations are the ones that play music with nude women. You can speak all you want about feminism. If the society, especially visible models, continue to project women as cheap commodity, sex toys, the boys of today will watch. They will become the men of tomorrow and will molest our daughters. It is the imitation game and it is a dangerous game. All said, I understand that as individuals, there is little we can do to change the narrative of the society, especially if we are not a celeb. How then do you protect your child? Number one, you have to set a good example yourself. Number two, you have to make sure you distance yourself from friends or relatives that would negatively influence your children. Number three, expose your children to books, films, models that have the characteristics you'd love to see in them. And above all, don't just lock the door against them when you go out or bar them from watching TV or going to their friend's houses. Trust me, your kids will always find a way. Instead, let them know on a deep, deep level the reason why they shouldn't do that, but do this. Discuss with them, hear them out, rub minds together, and above all, be their friends. That way, they have more chance not to cave in to the pressure of bad models. You see, throughout this episode, I've spoken of how bad models can influence our children badly. However, it would be mild if I end this podcast without highlighting how good societal models can change the narrative. On May 25, 1961, President Kennedy said, and I quote, This nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before the decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. With this, the heads of Americans were turned upwards. The same can be said about the effect of Silicon Valley in the world of business. As teachers, parents, public figures and society at large, 
I challenge us to set good example. Our kids are watching. Merci.